From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. So, J.R., voters will go to the polls tomorrow to cast ballots for the August partisan primaries. They'll be voting in elections for Wisconsin House and state legislative seats. In this special edition of Capital Notes, we're going to look at some of the more interesting primaries of note. One race that's getting a lot of attention is a two-way Republican primary for retiring GOP Congressman Jim Sensenbrenner's seat. The district covers areas north and west of Milwaukee. Longtime State Senate Majority Leader Scott Fitzgerald announced a year ago that he was running for the seat, but he faces a challenge from the right, from Republican business owner Cliff DeTemple. Both Fitzgerald and DeTemple have been peppering the airwaves with radio ads, and it's long been considered Fitzgerald's race to lose. How competitive is this race, and might there be an upset? Uh, the general feeling from people I talked to in Madison has been that that is uh, Fitzgerald's heavily favored you know, if you look at the finance reports, uh, Mr. DeTemple has put in a couple hundred thousand dollars of his own money in the race, but hasn't really raised much money beyond that. So that suggests a limited appeal so far. And, you know, Fitzgerald just has superior name ID, a familiarity with primary voters from his years um, leading fights on big issues in the Capitol. And it's kind of hard to out-Trump Fitz in this race. And, you know, the base has really kind of moved toward a Donald Trump-based Republican Party. And Fitz was one of the first elected officials in Wisconsin on the Republican side to really embrace Donald Trump. And in fact, he encouraged his colleagues to, quote unquote, give him the Trump train back in 2016. So he's been a ardent defender of the president. Um, so I just, you don't see much daylight for temp, the temple to come in and really, you know, push Fitz aside. So I think the, the going money is that he should win and win handedly on Tuesday. Another interesting race to watch is a seven-way Democratic primary for retiring state Senator Fred Risser's seat in Madison. He's been in the legislature for 64 years and is the longest-serving state lawmaker in the country. Whoever wins the primary essentially wins the seat as there are no Republican candidates on the ballot. At least one of the seven hopefuls to replace Risser has some name recognition. Former State Representative Calda Royce. She ran for governor in 2018 in a crowded Democratic primary and lost to current Governor Tony Evers. Also, this race has seen some fireworks as one of the candidates, Nada Elmikashvi, got into a Twitter fight with Democratic State Senator Tim Carpenter of Milwaukee after Carpenter was beaten during protests in Madison in June. So what are your thoughts on this race? Uh, in talking to people about that one, uh, Nana has done a good job as a first-time candidate raising money, um, getting attention, being on Twitter, having a presence on social media. But that doesn't necessarily translate into votes a lot of times. And Kelda seems to have an advantage because she served in the legislature. She ran for governor in 2018. She's raised the most money. Uh, she's most familiar with people. She has more endorsements from elected officials. So just... There's a feeling that she has an, an edge. Are you surprised this race fielded so many candidates? No, it's, it's almost like a lifetime appointment if you win. Um, you know, Fred Risser served more than 50 years in the seat. Um, that's longer than a number of the people running have actually been alive. So, you know, once you win a seat like that, unless you, you know, screw up, don't do your job, or, you know, really uh, suffer a challenge from the, the left in that primary, it's a, 
it's a solid seat to have and also a platform to possibly do other things in politics. So, you know, it's just, you can sometimes tell how safe a seat is by how many people run the primary once it becomes open. Also up in the La Crosse area, longtime Democratic Congressman Ron Kind is facing a challenge from the left. He'll square off with Mark Newman tomorrow. By the way, this is not former Republican Congressman Mark Newman. What do you know about this Mark Newman, and is Ron Kind vulnerable? You know, he's a retired doctor, Mark Newman, who's kind of challenging, you know, Kind in a couple of things, including health care, but he just hasn't raised a whole lot of money. And I know people hate money in politics, but when you have money, you can get your message out. And message is important in politics. You have to be able to communicate that to people so they know who you are and have reason to vote for you. And so there's just really not a sense that that primary is going to pop. The real question for Ron Kind is, will that race be competitive in November for the seat? Um, you have a Republican primary on the other side with Derek Van Orden, a former Navy SEAL, and Jesse Eben, uh, a PR specialist or professional from Eau Claire. It's hard to say right now what the environment will be like in November, but that's the whole key for kind. Not really what happens on Tuesday, but what happens come November in that race. Right. Assuming Kind gets past the primary, he'll face a Republican in November. There's a two-way GOP primary for this seat, and Republicans think they can flip it. Do you think they will, and longtime Democratic Congressman Ron Kind will be voted out? First thing in the primary, it looks like Derek Van Orden has kind of get, getting the most support. He raised the most money. He's getting some national attention. He's part of the, the House Republicans call their Young Guns Program. It's a... Uh, three-tiered program that they try to highlight challenger candidates um, or preferred candidates in races. So he's getting some attention, got an interesting background. So there's a feeling that he's got a bit of the edge for the primary on Tuesday. But looking at November, a lot of reason why people are looking at Ron Kine is because President Trump won that district by 4.5 points in 2016. Now, in 2018, Kind won with almost like 60% of the vote. So he you know, maybe there's a chance to beat him in 2016 if you had something in the ballot when Trump did that well. But looking at this fall, if the president continues to struggle in Wisconsin, the polls, it's hard to see that Western Wisconsin district being competitive. He won. Ron Kine had 3.1 million bucks in the bank, roughly, um, some point in July. So he's got a huge financial advantage, a big war chest. And really, it's about top of the ticket. If the president were to win that seat again or get close, then yeah, it, it could happen. Like that could be a, a race that Republicans could win. But right now we're not seeing the president do well in Wisconsin. So he's got to be neck and neck with Joe Biden statewide for that race to be in play. And if it's, if it's not, if Biden wins Western Wisconsin in the low 50s, then probably that race doesn't pop. So that's what I'm watching for is what's the environment like with the presidential race come November. Any other primary races of note that you'll be watching? Oh, you know, there are a number of incumbent lawmakers who've drawn challenges. Most of them don't seem to be getting much attention or the challenges aren't getting really any traction. The one that I'm really watching is up in Green Bay where you have Stosh Krasinski, a freshman Democratic lawmaker, being challenged by Christina Shelton, a uh, Green Bay school board member. Krasinski was pushed out of the caucus after he sexually harassed a Capitol staffer at a Madison bar, you know, after work hours. Um... There's been a strain there between him and the rest of the caucus since then. But what's really interesting to me is that the legislative campaign committee for some Democrats has spent some $82,000 as of late last week on mail and other help for Christina Shelton. 
One, it's rare to see a legislative campaign committee do help for a challenger, period. But that level of support is almost unheard of. And it underscores that Democrats in that caucus want Grzynski gone. Uh, There is a discomfort there after uh, what he did. Now, he has said he's taken responsibility, that he has quit drinking, has been sober since uh, all this happened. But I just don't get the feeling from Assembly Democrats they want him back. So, one, you know, will uh, Shelton win on Tuesday with all that help? That's a big thing to watch. And then, two, if Krasinski gets through the primary, might that race be competitive come November then because of his baggage? Um, Tony Evers won that district like 19 points in 2018, so it's not a swing seat. But if you have something like this in your background, might it make it, you know, um, interesting? Maybe. And if Krasinski gets through all that, survives the primary challenge where he's being outspent, survives a November election with this kind of baggage, then what come January? Um, he expects to be back on committees, but I don't get the impression some Democrats want him back or be part of the caucus. So it can be a very strained relationship come January. But really, so I guess before we get to that, the big thing is what happens Tuesday? That's WISPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.